right, First Peter. I'm just going to read until we get to uh, where we are in 18, just so we can like absorb, right, what Peter is is trying uh, to share with us through the Holy Spirit. So, Peter boldly saying he's an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect. Who's that? Raise your hand if you're God's elect. Excellent. Elect strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, uh, Asia, and Bithynia who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. Whoa, there it is. Your doctrine in a nutshell, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right there. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Mercy is what? Getting something that we... Not getting something we deserve, right? Okay. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, Old Testament, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you, the apostles, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, because of all of what we just read, prepare your minds for what? We learned this last week. For what? Action, right? Be sober. Be diligent, okay? For action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he was called... I'm sorry, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him... You believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For... 
Isaiah 40 here, all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Oh, there you go. Good old Pete. Power of the Holy Spirit, right? Pete, most rebuked disciple, most what? Praise disciple, right? Good old Pete, right? The one who denied Christ, one who was restored in Christ. Good old Pete. One that stepped from this weight on his foot to this weight on his foot on the water and walked on water, right? I mean... That's Pete, right? Okay, he was all over. He wanted to help Jesus, man. We learned all about how we, when we met him all through the Gospels. He's the most talked about. He's the most mentioned disciple all the time because he was the lead dog. Okay, he was the lead dog. He was out there. He was zealous in what he did. He was enthusiastic. He loved Jesus to pieces. And that's why, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus, you can't possibly do that. And Jesus had to tell him what? Get behind me, Satan. Because... Peter was standing in the way of Jesus going to the cross. And Jesus knew why he had come. Because Pete now knows, Holy Spirit filled Pete, right? In 1 Peter, as he's writing, he now knows, whoa, foreordained, 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 wow, wow, before creation of the world, wow, foreknowledge, wow. I mean, all of this is revealed to him, right? Pete walking with Jesus, Pete full of the Holy Spirit. Okay, different Pete. Right? Different Pete. Right? Walking with Jesus, great. Didn't quite get it yet. Knew, knew that he loved him. Knew that he see the miracles. Teacher. Yes, he proclaimed he was the son of God and this, this. But didn't, you know, didn't quite. Whew, Pentecost comes. Holy Spirit comes. Whew, full of the Holy Spirit. Stands up. Preaches. Because why? God in him. Right? God in him. God in him. And he preaches. 3,000 souls come to Christ plus women and children. And then... You know, the Holy Spirit carries him along and he writes First Peter and Second Peter. I mean, wow. Wow. I mean, do you hear the doctrine in First Peter? I mean, do you hear how Pete is changed? You guys, that's what happens to us, right? That's what happens to us, right? We, we know about Jesus. You know, we have knowledge about him. Yeah, you know, history and cross and this and that. And, you know, God up there and Jesus back there. And Yeah, okay, know all about him. But, wow, until... You accept him, right? Until the knowledge comes to conviction. The conviction that, wow, this is truth. And the truth is for me. And he died for me. And my sin alone kept him on the cross. It's for me. And then you go from knowledge to conviction to commitment. You step over the line and you accept that gift. Right? You accept the gift. Right? When, when, when you're given a gift... And as a teacher, I'm given lots of gifts. It's so cute, right? So I, last night, a lady, Wednesday night, last night, no, Wednesday day, I teach. Hello. She runs up to me. She goes, oh, do you have this book yet? This is for you. Uh, it's called God Calling. It's a very, very old book, uh, great devotional. Uh, and, and she says, I, I, I was just told I just had to get this for you. Now, what would I do? Oh, no, no, thanks. No. First, got to look inside the book to see if I want it. You know, I don't like the cover of that book. You know what? I, 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 you know, I get so many books. You know, no. Would I do that to a gift? No. Are you kidding? I am grateful to the giver of the gift. Right? You just go. Oh, and I don't care if I have that book forty times. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. That's when you accept what he did for you, and you accept. Oh God, thank you. That gift is for me. I accept that gift that you did on the cross for me. 
That's what happened to Peter. It's like, wow. Wow, Lord, that was for me. I walked all the time for you, but now I accept that in the Holy Spirit. Just <laughs> sheds himself abroad in us. And then we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. He that is in us, right, is greater than he that's in the world. That's who Pete is now. That just wrote that incredible first chapter of the epistle of First Peter. I mean, totally changed. That's what he does in your life. He walks with you, talks with you, shares with you the word of God. Here you go, here you go. This is who I am, this is who I am. And until you go from that knowledge of knowing who he is and just walking alongside him to accepting it, conviction that it's for you alone, and to accept that gift of what he did on the cross and the Holy Spirit enters you, you don't know. You don't know. Because it's that gift. In fact, he's described as an indescribable gift. Indescribable gift. And that's where Peter has come to. I would love to have talked to Peter after Pentecost, wouldn't you? I mean, we do because we can, you know, here, I would I can hardly wait to talk to him in heaven. Whoa, Pete. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I mean, and, and don't you love how, how Pete continues to be in Pete because he's enthusiastic, he's, he's, he's gregarious, he's a leader in this, this, and then he just shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now he's transformed and that this is who he is. And the Holy Spirit carries him along to leave it for us, okay, so that we can continue to walk. I mean, what, what an amazing, amazing, amazing transformation. That needs to happen to each one in here, to all of us. That amazing transformation, if it hasn't happened to you, it can happen today. All you have to do is say, hey, Lord, you know what? I know about you, but you know what? I, I, I didn't, I mean, I knew for God so loved the world and all that kind of stuff, but you know what? I mean, it's for me. And then you just ask him, to please forgive my sin. And he just goes that away. That way, that's what I was waiting for. And he comes in by the Holy Spirit, and you are sealed, it says in Ephesians 1, to the redemption. Right? Until we see him face to face. And you walk in that. You walk in that. And as we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, he told us in uh, those verses, he says, as we ended last week, we need to conduct ourselves as what? He who calls you is what? Holy. So we need to conduct ourselves, what? Be holy in all of our conduct, right? Now, holy means that you're supposed to be absolutely perfect, right, Carol? That's what it means, right? You have to be absolutely perfect in everything that you do, right? (laughs) No, no. What does holy mean? Set apart. Set apart for a specific purpose, right? Right? For a specific purpose, okay? He's got an absolute purpose for you. And you are set apart. You are a peculiar person. You are an alien because your citizenship is where? In heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we have all the rights of all the aliens walking in here, right? Okay? But our citizenship is in heaven, right? And we are set apart, and we have an incredible aroma of Christ of us. Or we have a what? Stench. Now, that isn't... We don't give off those different... No, physically we might at times, okay? But we don't spiritually give those off, right? It's how the person is accepting Christ in us, Right? To those who are being saved, what happens? It's an aroma. Oh, they're like drawn to you. They're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my goodness. What is it about you? Oh, that's Jesus. Gee, oh man, I was a big jerk before. I can still be a big jerk, but Jesus sent me, man, I'm telling you. Right? And it's an aroma. To those who want to reject, we're what? Or a stench. We're a stench. Okay? 
But we're not responsible for that, are we? We're just continuing to keep on keeping on, right? And, and, and he is the one who will be the hound of heaven continually and go after them and go after them as we continue to be these people who are set apart, right? And trials come up, and they're used to do what, did he say? To, to what? Purify you, absolutely. To grow up our what? Faith. So it's genuine. Genuine, more than even gold, right? Because he just purifies us and purifies us, okay? And so he calls us to be holy in our conduct because it's written, be holy for I am holy, all right? So he goes down to verses 18 through 21, which I just read, okay? And so at this point, he's teaching us the motivation for godly living. He's already talked about us, about the conduct of the people who have come to Christ, right? Who know him as our Savior, okay? Here's the conduct. Now, here's the motivation for godly living that he's talking about in, in verses 18 through 21. And he says, what? We're redeemed with what? With, with um, excuse me, we're not redeemed with corruptible things, right? In other words, with gold and silver and everything that will pass away. But we're redeemed with incorruptible things, okay? Meaning, we're redeemed by the precious blood of whom? Christ. Okay? All right? Incorruptible. Okay? And that he's saying, you know what? Your aimless conduct, like the tradition of your fathers. In other words, you know, trying to live off that old law and that old tradition and doing all that kind of stuff. You guys, it's like you waving your hands in the air. You know, it's just like aimless. It's totally aimless conduct. Okay? It seems to have an aim because you're trying to gain merit before God. Okay? But guess what? That doesn't work. That doesn't work. We all know that that doesn't work, okay? It's aimless because you can't gain merit before God. There's nothing that you can do to come to God the Father except through whom? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Right, John fourteen six. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He made the way. Because he died, he rose again, he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. He's interceding for us now. He's coming back to get us. He's making a home for us. Oh, yeah. Can I hear a hallelujah? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Okay. And he talks about Jesus, a lamb without blemish, without spot. Okay. Perfect lamb. Okay. So you see why it's without merit? Could we have done that? No. Only Jesus could be the sacrifice. Only Jesus could take the hit for us. Okay. A lamb without blemish, without spot. He was qualified to be our redeemer. To be our redeemer, okay? And Peter says it was ordained, okay? Uh, I should say foreordained before what? That Jesus would do this. Excellent. Before the foundation of the world. Okay? I love this. It's not like Jesus said, or God said to Jesus one day up in heaven, you know, Jesus, this is a mess. I do not know what happened here. But this is not how I created it to be. And this is a mess. I mean, have you watched this? This is just a mess. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus, you better go. Right? You better go. Are you kidding me? That's not how it happened. Okay? That's not how it happened. There wasn't like, you know, I mean, trust me, God already had, before the foundation of the world, the whole marketing plan laid out for, for redemption. Okay? The whole marketing plan laid out. It's just, whoosh, there it was. The whole marketing plan. The best corporation marketing plan ever. Here it is. This is what's going to happen. Here's point A, point B. But it needed to wait to what? God's what? 
fullness of time. His fullness of time. His fullness of time. That's when Jesus came. His fullness of time. It's always in his God's perfect timing. Okay, so it was foreordained, the whole plan of redemption for us, before the foundation of the world. Ha! How cool is that, right? Right? Because he's omniscient. Right? He knows everything. He's, he, he just has, he, because he's God. And we should so rest in that. We should so rejoice in that, okay? And so, for us that believe, then he says at the end there, for us who believe, for, for you who through him believe in God, meaning through Christ, okay? So, the entire plan of redemption is for those who believe in God, you know, um, and, and, so, and so our faith is not disappointed, Okay, our faith does not disappoint because it's substantiated by Jesus's what resurrection from the dead. Okay, he didn't stay dead. Can I hear a hallelujah? Right? I mean, thank you, Lord. Right? He didn't stay dead. He was resurrected from the dead. Okay, and so it is absolutely substantiated uh, for us by that. All right. So then Peter, he set the whole tone. He's like, okay, here's how it is. Here's how it's working. Here's what's going on. Remember what, what's going on during this whole time when it's being written, right? Neronian Empire, all kinds of stuff. Persecution of Christians. Huge, huge conflict. All kinds of uh, stuff is going on. And remember, they're scattered. They'd come to Christ at Pentecost, and then they went back to their homes. Bithynia, Bosnia. I was going to say Bosnia. You know, maybe. Um, and, then, yeah. and, and, and so they're, they're feeling alone. Right? They're scattered. They're feeling alone. You know, they, they've come to Christ and now they, they're feeling alone. And so he is putting into them, you know, this is what it is. This is who I am. Remember, this is who Christ is, came to die for. This is why we're here. Okay? And you're never alone. Here's the conduct that you're to, hear, to have. Here's... Here's how you're. Here's how you're to respond to him. Okay, and then uh, in the in this letter, and it was to all Christians. It wasn't just to a certain church. Okay. Then he goes on in, in verses 22 through 25 that we read, talking about okay. Now that you have the conduct, now that you know um, how how to continue to walk um, in godly living and the motivation for godly living, because it was absolutely planned before the foundation of the world. He says, now here's the deal. You need to love each other. You need to love each other, okay? The necessity for love among you as believers. Necessity. Okay, and you could just hear a collective, right? Oh, oh, now he's getting personal. Okay, I know he did all this for me. I've accepted that. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in, man. I'm in. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. Now it's going to come down to love. And he says, here's what happens, okay? And he talks about in verses 22 through 25, which I read, that you need to love one another what? What does it say in 22? Deeply. Deeply. From the heart. Deeply from the heart. Or, in the King James, fervently. Fervently. Okay? You love one another fervently. Deeply. From the heart. Okay? Holy living. Remember he said, be holy? Because I am holy, okay? Holy living is incomplete if it's not accompanied by love, right? They're not going to listen to a thing you say if you don't love them. Deeply, fervently, sacrificially, agape love like Christ, like Christ okay? So, so a Christian, to be a Christian, to be a believer in Christ, okay? It means to have the sincere love of the brethren, Okay, means means to have a sincere love of one another. Okay, in the King James, it's of the brethren. Okay, that you have this just this love that overtakes you. 
that you can't help but love that person because of what he's done for you. You just spill over in love. You can't help it, okay? And we are to encourage one another and exercise that with each other, loving each other fervently, deeply from the heart, okay? How have you loved fervently? How have you loved deeply from the heart? How have I loved deeply from the heart? Fervently, where you just kept on loving that person who was perhaps very unlovable. And Jesus says, I didn't come to love the lovely. Anybody can do that. Anybody can love the lovely. I came to love the unlovely. And quite frankly, you're one of them, Margo. You were quite unlovely, and I still loved you. That's who he is. And we are to love fervently, deeply from the heart, sacrificially, where you absolutely put those other person's needs, wants, um, desires, uh, physical, mental, emotional, where you will sacrifice for that person and come alongside them. Full of truth, full of grace. Always. Full of truth and full of grace. Okay, because he says you need to love fervently with what kind of a heart? Sincere. With a sincere heart. Or with a pure heart. With a sincere or pure heart. Okay? And so he's saying, check your heart motivations. Okay? Check your heart motivations. It's not okay just to have a checklist and say, you know what? Okay, all right. All right, I love this guy because I have to love him. You know, that's what you said, Lord. Okay, now it might start there. Just out of obedience. Okay? It might start there just out of obedience. But through that obedience... Through that obedience, you ask the Lord, oh man, you show your love. Because, you guys, fervent love isn't our human filio or eros love. It's not. Filio love is a friendship love that's a, you know, a great love that we have between each other. You know, eros love is the erotic love that you have, you know, with your husband, okay? Agape love is the other love of Christ, what he did on the cross. That's the kind of love where you love each other deeply with a pure heart, with the absolute pure heart. He says, because you know why? You've been born again. Because the Holy Spirit's loving that person through you. You've been born again. You love that person deeply with a pure heart because you're born again, okay? And and that love is only possible because you are born again. Yes, Beth? Um, Just a really good because scripture always interprets scripture is first John chapter 4 19 um, and 20 we love because God mm-hmm. is love us if anyone says I love God that he's his brother he's a liar for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen who have not seen absolutely first John first John 4 19, 19 and 20 excellent Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Absolutely. It's only possible, okay, and only to be expected, you guys. Here's the deal. It's only possible as a believer with the Holy Spirit who is alive, well, and kicking in you, okay, to love fervently, to love deeply with a pure heart because it's the Holy Spirit that you're surrendering to to love that person as, as Christ loves him. That's the compassion, okay, that you love him as Christ loves him. You guys... You can't expect that from 
your non-believing friends and family. Don't expect it. Don't sit there and think that you're going to get the same love back. It's not expected. It's expected in you because of how you because of who you are in Christ. Okay, and he expects that of you, okay? Having because you've been born again, okay? So that that love is possible, okay? And expected by those who are born again by the eternal word of God, okay? That we just continue to walk in that. But don't go and judge the other person, okay, if they're not loving you back that way. You guys, they're on a different playing field. They can't. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them. But I promise you, you continue to shower them with this incredible love of Christ. And they will look at you like you are from Wackoville, that you're from La La Land. How can you walk through this trial? How can you go through this? How can you love me despite who I am? I mean, all this, when they lay their head down at night, I promise you, and God, the hound of heaven, will just you know, lay that conviction on them and say, you know, it's because they love me. It's because they love me. That's how they love you. It's because they love me. Why don't you try me? I love you the same way. As you're loving, what happens is, like what Beth just read, what happens is you lead him right to who? Right to the Father. Because you're loving him with the compassionate love of Christ. But don't expect it back. You guys... My mom would always share with me, you guys, if all of your expectations aren't in Christ alone, you're always going to be disappointed. With your husband, with your kids, with your co-workers, with each other, with friends, doesn't make any difference. Your expectations have to be in Christ alone. That's it. In Christ alone. If you have them in anyone else, because guess what? Jesus is the only one who's never going to fail you. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. But if you have your expectations in the things of the world, okay, we have our flesh, we have the spirit, believers, okay? However, I'm going to fail you. I'm going to fail you. Your husband's going to fail you. I don't think I need to tell you that. (laughs) Right? Your kids are going to fail you. I don't think I need to tell you that. However... Jesus never fails you, and you keep your expectations in him, guess what? Then it's really easy to love those people. Because you're not expecting from them. Your expectations are in Christ. And it's really easy to love them as Christ loved them. Okay, and so he expects that in us. But don't expect it back from those who don't know him. And quite frankly, don't expect it back from those even who know him. Because we're all on this sanctification walk, right? And we're all in different areas of learning. And you may be at this point, and they may be at this point, and now you're not loving them with that fervent, deep love because you're not seeing their love back. Jesus says, mm-mm. Peter's like, no, no. That's not, what, that's not why he died. That's not why it was foreordained before the foundation of the world for us to live like this. We love one another fervently, okay? We love with a pure heart, having been born again, okay? And then it's through what? Through the word of God, right? Through the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, okay? It's through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, okay? It's never going away. It's never, ever, ever going away. In other words, when I was studying it this week, I kept thinking, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm reading and studying it here. You know what? I'm going to read and study it there. 
It never goes away. Why wouldn't I want to have quiet time? Because he's right there. Why wouldn't I want... Okay, the word is a spoken out word. Okay? It's who he is. Just like he created creation and spoke it out. It's for us. Everything he's given us for life and death. Why wouldn't I want to be in his word there? Just like I'm in his word here. I will. I absolutely will. Oh yeah, guess what? There won't be any hope anymore because my hope will be my eyes. My faith will be my eyes because I'm there. But you know what? The word of God lives forever. I am sure. I am sure I'm going to have quiet time with my word because it's his word spoken out. I'm positive of it. I mean, it was like a revelation that came over me this week. You know what? I'm pleasing him here. I'm pleasing him there. I'm reading the word of God here, and he's changing my life. Guess what? I'm reading the word of God there, but he doesn't need to change me anymore. I will see the word of God completely, perfectly as he saw it, as he wrote it. I will see it from this side and go, to wipe my tears away like he says because I didn't treat it as such on this side of heaven he's given us everything that we need for life and for death the word of God complete revelation of God but I know that I know because it stands forever, it lives and abides forever. I know that I know that I'll be reading the Word of God in heaven. Because it's Him. And if you look at it that way, ladies, you will just saturate yourself with the Word here. Because it's Him. Because it's who He is. It's His revelation to us. And we're born again through Peter says what? The Word of God. We come to know Him through the Word of God, okay? It doesn't only give us new life. The Word of God just doesn't only give us new life. It tells us how to love one another. It tells us how to live. It tells us how to love one another. If the Word of God, as in Isaiah 40, verse 8, which he, which we just read, okay? The Word of God which endures forever, okay? Then we are obligated by it. We are obligated by it, okay? We are empowered by it because it's his spoken word. We are absolutely, you know, we're not obligated to the flesh, we're obligated to the word. And we're empowered by it to live a life of love, to live a life of holiness, to live a life that Peter speaks of. Be holy because I'm holy. Love one another. You know why? Because he is love. We're obligated by that. That's what rules our life, is his word, okay? And then he goes on in Isaiah 40, and he says, the grass withers, right? He always uses, I love how he uses word pictures, the grass withers, right? The flowers fall away. I mean, talk about being, you know, my mom would always share, you know, I love seasons because it reminds me, the seasons remind me that, you know what? The grass withers. I mean, it's like, whoa, it is brown, it is gone, okay? And the flowers fade away. Right? You see him? Well, I gotta cut down my lilies. I gotta cut down this. Right? They all fade away. Right? All my annuals, they're all gone. They fade away. Grass withers, flowers fade away. But, good word, but what? The word of God endures what? Stands forever. Forever. Ever 
and ever and ever and ever. Do you, are you following me? Forever, okay? We, we can't get our finite mind around forever, okay? But just when you think it's stopping, it doesn't. It goes on and on and on and on and on. It's forever. The Word of God endures forever, okay? And the Word of God has certainly endured thus far, hasn't it? Huh? Has it endured thus far? Oh my goodness. It has been survived centuries, centuries of manual transcription. It has survived being prodded at, persecution, ever-changing philosophies, people saying this and this. I mean, it has stood the incredible test of time. The Word of God continue all kinds of critics. Neglect. You know, it was let go of, okay? Neglect in the pulpits. Neglect in the pews. People, you know, trying out other kind of, well, belief systems. Looking at it this way. The Word of God stands forever. The Word of God stands forever. You know why? Because it's God's spoken Word. And He was and is and He always will be. The Word of God. All kinds of doubt, all kinds of disbelief, all kinds of people mocking it and everything. Stands. Just like we need to stand, right? In the Word of God, because we're in Him. Mocking, disbelief, you know what? No. I know that I know that I know. This is who He is, and I stand. I stand on it. Uh, when I was studying this, it was like 300 AD or 303 or 310, I forget what it was. But the Roman Emperor uh, Diocletian, he demanded that every copy, every copy of Scripture at that time, okay, in the Roman Empire would be burned. He demanded it, okay? This is 303 AD, okay? All right, so he failed. 25 years later, who comes along but Emperor Constantine, right? Constantine, he goes, uh, okay, you know what? I'm going to commission this dude named Eusebius, okay? And I'm going to say, okay, you know what? I want you to prepare 50 copies of the Bible at the government's expense. Woo! My ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts, says the Lord, right? The Word of God will stand forever, okay? When he says something, God says it, I believe it, that settles it, right? I mean, that's it, okay? He says that's what happened, all right? Spurgeon says, I love my Charles. Okay, he says, God's word never dies. God's word never changes. There are some who think we ought to get a new gospel every few years or put a few tweaks into it or make it look, you know, more marketable or make, you know, you know, it look like, you know, well, you know, it's got to be, you know, absolutely relevant for the times. I mean, you know, and change it a little bit, okay? We need to get a new gospel every few years or even a few weeks, but that was not Peter's notion. He wrote and he was divinely inspired to write concerning the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Right? Remember, he's writing along and then all of a sudden, bam, Isaiah 40. Whoa, whoa, the word of God. Right, grass withers, flowers, flowers will fade away, but the word of God will stand forever. Right? As he's, you know, it's like one of those, like boom, that you just know that you know that comes into your head. Okay, and 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 since, um, since this eternal word of God, this this fruit producing um, seed in us potentially fruit-producing seed is in us, okay? We have the obligation and we have the ability to have a sincere love for one another. Why do you think Karen's doing what she's going to do? Study for interior design, and God said, "Mm mm-mm. You know why? Because she can't help but not do that. 
sincere love. It's like, no, you know what? No, I, I, this is really true. There, I, you know what? I got I I, Christ in the world. I have to go. It's really true. Change your life. If you miss being in the Word, you miss being with Jesus. You miss God's incredible voice speaking to you. Ellen's life changed when she told me, she says, you know what, being in the Word has changed my life. I was a Christian, walking along and everything, but until she got in the Word every morning with Jesus and listening being in the Word, hearing Him speak, change your life. Change your life. The Word of God will stand forever. I know I'm going to be doing quiet time in heaven. I know it. It's really busy in heaven, but I'm going to find a little corner and I'm going to spend it in the Word. Because I'll be on this side. God, oh, look at the revelation. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, Lord. How great is that? We have this incredible fruit-producing seed in us because we're in Christ. Potentially. What are we doing with it? Are we even reading the Word? Are we studying the Word? Are we sharing the Word with our lives? Because the way we do is we have this sincere love of the brethren. We have compassion. You look on the masses and go, oh my goodness. That guy walking right here, that guy right now is either going to hell or he's going to heaven. Right there, that guy. Right there. I don't know. Do you look at people that way? Jesus did. Jesus did. He was always like, you know what? I don't want you to perish. You know what? I'm going to show you me today, this very day. Lord, please do so. Walk in a way that you're so... You know, that you have this incredible love for the brethren, okay? And he says, you know, we need to, to, to love others because it easily comes out of us because of the incorruptible seed we have in us. Not a seed that is corruptible. It's the incorruptible seed that's set in our heart and allowed to grow. And it's allowed to grow as we continue to be in the Word and know Him more and more and more. And Peter says... At the very end of that 22, he says, Now through the word, okay? And then he says again, Now this is the word. And there are two Greek words for the word word. <laughs> okay? There are two Greek words. Okay? And, and some people like to draw a really sharp distinction between these two words. Okay? Um, one is logos. Okay? And the other, L-O-G-O-S, and the other is rhema. R-H-E-M-A. Okay, and they're ancient Greek words, both explaining the word word. And Peter uses both of them. He says, through the word of God, logos, now this is the word, rhema. Okay, so he uses both of them, okay, and he's referring to the exact same idea, okay. There are subtle differences, okay, um, but not significant differences. And so, as he's teaching at that point, they would understand that. One means more in general, and one means more specific. In other words, here's the general word, logos, okay, and now here's the rima. Now here's how it's specific. 
It's sort of like when when you're teaching or preaching or a message kind of thing, where the Holy Spirit is is you're, you're teaching in general or you're 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 speaking in general, and the Holy Spirit takes the word in particular to each one of you because he knows and he searches your heart and he knows what you need to hear. I don't. But the Holy Spirit does. So as he's speaking in and through me, he then takes it to each of you in particular. Logos, speaking the word through me. Rima, going to each one of you in particular. That's how, quote-unquote, preaching works. That's how people come to know Christ. That's how they grow up. Okay, that's that's why, you know, it will never, ever, ever go away because you are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak logos, his word in and through you. Okay, and then he, because he's the one that searches your heart and takes you to know all truth. Okay, he takes it in particular to what you need. How do you need to be changed? And it's at that point you go, oh, absolutely. Or nope, not going there. No. mm -mm. And you know what? The people who are teaching and preaching and speaking, they can see it in you. Oh, they can see people either coming or they can see people, mm -mm, nope, nope. I mean, you, you, talk about eyes go to your soul. I mean, you can see the Holy Spirit so working, so working. But that's because it's his word. My words are not life-changing. His words are. And you take, you allow him to use those words, and he takes them and uses them more than you could ask, think, or imagine. That's what he does. That's who he is. He can't do anything else but, right? That's absolutely who he is. And so, and so, as we are falling in love with him, we are, um, believe it or not, we are going into First Peter two. Are you guys excited? I mean, we are going into First Peter two. It's amazing to me to think that we are going into First Peter two. That you know, I mean, I think um, Karen, is this a record? I, I don't know. Okay, all right. Um, as you go into First Peter two, I want you to read First uh, Peter. Well, all of First Peter, but I want you to read First Peter two over and over and over again this week. All right, because we are going into. Um, it, it, he, he continues to share about his word, okay? And he's talking about the glory and the duty of us as believers, okay? The glory, how we share in the glory, in his glory, okay? And the duty of us as believers, okay? And how we come to Jesus in his word and how we walk in that, okay? And how we are to respond to him, to his eternal word, okay? And so I want you to... Read in general and allow the Holy Spirit to bring it in particular to you. Now, if the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you, can he bring it particular to you? No, he cannot. Okay, so you first have to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, right? And then say, and then as you do, and say, you know what? I know that I, you know, that you, that I'm the one who put you on the cross. My sin, please enter me, right? Then. The Holy Spirit enters you, and then guess what? He's the one that will lead you into what? All truth. All truth. Now, Jackie, you are an exact um, example of that. I remember in the beginning, you're like, you know, Margo, I'm not, I'm not getting this. I, I, you know, I'm not getting this. You had your Bible, remember that? And you were like, I'm not. And I'm like, you will. I said, you just keep on, right? You will, kind of stuff. And then as, as 
found to heaven is calling you. You say, Jackie, Jackie, you know what? You need to come to me. You need a relationship. I know you know about me. I know you know the whole knowledge bit. I know you grew up in a religion kind of stuff. I know, but you need to have a relationship with me, Jackie. Come on. And you stepped over the line and you accepted the gift of Christ. And then as you continued to walk and be in the Word, now the Holy Spirit was speaking to you in particular, right? Alive. Came alive, right? I mean, it's just like blind to sight. Blind to sight, right? That's what happens. It's <laughs> all right. Hey, wasting away on the outside. Daily we're being renewed on the inside, right? Okay? That's the wasting away on the outside. But very different, right? Very different. I, I, because. So what you say, when help comes alive and I think that's Exactly. Exactly. Because that's who the Holy Spirit is, right? He's your teacher. He's your guide. He's your convictor. He's your comforter. He's your encourager. I mean, there are eight or nine uh, roles that the Holy Spirit plays in us, okay? And so, um, that sounded cheesy and cheap the way I said that. (laughs) Roles that he plays in us. Forgive me, Lord. Uh, That who he is in us and reveals to us because he's the one doing that. Yeah. Didn't that sound? Ooh, that was not a good word. Um, and so, and so, but that's what happens. And ask him, ask him. You know what? If you if if you don't, if you're not hearing from him as you're reading the word, ask him. Just stop and allow him to speak to you. Quit blabbing and quit reading on. Just ask him to speak to you. Okay, ask him to speak to you as you're as you are going in the word. All right, because it's the word of God that changes you, that allows you to shed abroad his love to each other. Okay, because he's the one doing it. You know, it, it, his love is like you know this incredible streams of living water. They just continue coming. We can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. what we tend to do. In our humanness, in our flesh, okay? Which, remember in Romans 8, we need to put to death the, the deeds of the flesh. That doesn't mean that you put them over here and just go, no, no, no. No, no. Now you stay there. I don't want that anymore. That's not putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Okay? The Spirit puts to death the deeds of the flesh. There's no, like, poking, injuring, just keeping them over there. Maybe for, so we can come back. No, you want to put to death the old tapes... And the baggage that you have with one person, you don't have with the other person. Okay? The hurt, the fleshly hurt, the human hurt that Christ knows. He's walked it for us. He's gone before us, but for the glory set before him, he endured the cross. He's walked it with you. Okay? He's gone before you. But the hurt you have with one person is deeper and more profound than it is with another person. Okay? And so... As you're walking, it's that's why you have to allow the Spirit to love these people. Because the Spirit loves unconditionally. The Spirit loves agape, sacrificially, compassion. Because what happens is, is you start loving them as filio or eros love, which is flesh type love. Nothing wrong with it. God gave us that. But if you love in that manner... You know, you're working with your feelings. Okay? And so your feelings are, is not your faith. Okay? And he says, you're loving basically by faith because of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that's what you're doing. So, so one, it's easier to do 
Okay? The other, not so much. Okay, are you guys following me? That's it, and, that, and then you can tell when you're walking in that kind of love. Because if you're, if you're saying, oh, well, you know, this person, this, 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 and especially children compared to husbands, we will allow our children so much more grace. <laughs> Am I right? We will allow our children so much more grace than we will our husband. You know why? Because you have expectations of that husband. Because he's supposed to be the head or, or whatever, you know. And the Bible says, and you're in love, you lay down your life for... It's like Jesus laid down his life for a church. Not seeing it. Right? <laughs> right? Not so much. I'm just supposed to respect you. Pretty easy, all right? All right? And we do this in our flesh, and it's like, uh-uh. No, word of God, take over. Take over me. Because that is not his love. That is not fervent, deep love that you care more about his response and his than you do your hurt. That's Jesus. Right? That's how you endure the cross. Beth? Different circumstance, but I keep what's going in my head in having to love someone who's not been very lovely is that don't lose your grateful heart that you've said before. It's true. like, okay, I'm not going to lose the grateful heart that put me in the circumstance in the first place. And God, you love that person more than I do. Yep. Who am I to judge if I'm the unlovely one? So it's just thinking in a different term versus how is this affecting me? Yep. But how does this matter for eternity? Yep. And it is, it is absolutely a choice and it's the hardest it is. to do. It is. But when you have a 40-minute drive, you have enough time to think about the <laughs> Yeah. Before you walk back into a circumstance. It's, Amen. It's true. And then is when the other person then sees what is different about her. Whoa, you know what this stuff about Jesus? This has got to be this is true. This is this is true. I mean, nobody could have changed me. I mean, this is true. Wow. I might just believe there's a redeemer. Whoa, look at that. And so when you can take your feelings out of it. And walk by your faith, knowing that the Holy Spirit has already done this. It's done in the heavenlies. You're just following hard after Him. That's why you need to be in the Word, right? So you're not looking all over the place, right? You're keeping your face set like a flint, following the race, wandering the race, okay? Because it doesn't matter what His reaction is to you. What matters is that you're acting rightly before the Lord. And everything else is freeing. Freeing. You're just sharing truth and grace, truth and grace, truth and grace. It just keeps walking. And then people around you are like, (laughs) that's great. That's great that they're like that because they're watching, just like I watched my mom like a hawk, right? And it's like, this this just can't be true. And she loved me unconditionally. I mean, I did every sin in Romans 1 possible. And she loved me, and she loved me, and she loved me, and she loved me unconditionally. Oh, she shared this was sin. This choose your sin, not your consequence. She shared, but she just loved me as Christ loved the church. She gave her life for me. It's like, whoa. That's powerfully draws people powerfully. Over everything he says, put on love. Because it draws people. Because people know that was pretty rotten. That's pretty unlovely. They know right and wrong. They know that. And it draws people. It breaks all barriers. It pushes through everything. 
because God is love. There be no love without him. And that's why that agape, that fervent love like that, breaks through everything. Breaks through everything. Becky. I have a question. Can we go back a minute and talk about the uh, characteristics, or I'm going to call it characteristics, of how the Holy Spirit works in and through us, the roles that he plays to help grow us up. Can you just list those? You know, I'm so glad you asked that because because this year at retreat, um, God has already shared with me that it's going to be totally on um, the person of the Holy Spirit and how He works in our life. I mean, in all those nine and and the outpouring of the Spirit in the last days and how He works and that kind of thing. So, so ab- the marketing teaser, do I have to wait? So, so, so for, for seven months, you're going to have to hold on to that. But you know what? Because I, he called captivated. He's the comforter. He's the um, convictor. He's guide. He's your teacher. He brings you into all truth. He searches your heart. Well, he groans for you in, in where you can't know. When you yes, he prays for us. Yes, thank you, Marianne. That's he prays for us when we can't pray. That's a part of searching our heart. He groans for us things we can't even utter. He illuminates or interprets. He's the illuminator. Excellent, Becky. You guys, now that you know that, pray. Usually, he doesn't give that to, and he's like, "No, that's it." David Cop and and their ten worship leaders are coming. Uh, they're like, you know, they're already like doing happy dance. So, so that the smile about. You should mention in the midst of all that, uh, those arrows that are flung at the Bible, still remains number one bestseller. Oh, amen. And that I don't think people always know that because it was always number one. So they just kind of took it off the new number one bestseller list. Yep, because they're wasting their yep. time, not wasting, but the space always filled up that, with that spot. Always. So it's always. So there's something. There's supernatural about it that draws yep. people to it all yep. the time. Amen. Always number one bestseller. Always. I mean, the second doesn't even come close to the Word of God. Yeah, right? B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? That's all for us, right? But I'm going to be, you know what? I'm not kidding you. It's just, you know how you get a revelation? A revelation is like, you didn't know, now you know. It's nothing that you're reading. It's just like, you, it's just like how you come to Christ. You didn't know. Revelation, right? Once you, you, you didn't know, and now you know. I'm telling you, that quiet time in heaven, I'm telling you. Because the Word of God stands forever. It's always, it's forever because it's who He is. It, we just don't, you know, we, remember, remember, God is spirit. And they that worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth, okay? And so, that's Him encapsulated in the Word. There He is. There he is. How cool is that? Like, whoa! That just rocked my world. Rocked my world. So you better get used to reading it here. Because you know what? You'll be reading it there because it's who he is. It's who he is. What do you think, you guys? You never read again in heaven? Oh, no. We have eyes. I mean, you never learn anywhere? No. That You guys, heaven is not what that... that that's not what heaven is. 